Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass-Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we're looking ahead to UFC Vegas 60. But first, we've got to look back on how we fared on last night's card, and John is taking another victory lap. It's hard, it's hard to do that on your hands and knees, isn't it? Uh, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, be, Gene. They should just—it should be called the Victory Circle. It's just the Nash Circle. <laughs> got a name on it. Uh, uh, that's not the only thing that's got your name on it. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> let's say that's private. You know that. Yeah. All right. So let's let's go ahead and look back. We're going to start at the top and work our way down. That fight with Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson was bonkers for a whole lot of different reasons because first off it was kind of a sloppy old guy fight but still entertaining i i can't put my finger on why other than the fact of the two guys that we always wanted to see finally getting in there and duking it out and then we had some sort of comical moments in there with Nate Diaz just stopping and uh, resting and shaking his finger, no, 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 like he was going to be done with the fight. I didn't quite know what was going on from one minute to the next, but I was wildly entertained. And then we get the Mm. sub at the end, which was so cool because he actually put his fist or his his arm across the, uh, the neck to finish that guillotine, and that was pretty neat. So, Eugene, I'm going to start with you because that sub was very, very cool. I'm going to I'm going to have to go uh, make a film reference that, I'm, you know, because of our audience here. And I don't know if how many of you have seen actually The Irishman. And this was where Martin Scorsese famously or infamously used the de-aging uh, technology. Um, and and it, all it did was create this weird discordancy where you weren't quite sure what age De Niro was supposed to be, but there was one age I knew he definitely was, and I'm not. This is no spoiler alert. It's when he he makes his first hit for uh, this this mob, and he's walking down the sidewalk uh, up to a guy who he's supposed to be meeting, and he shoots the guy and keeps on walking. And I played that scene over and over again because what Scorsese missed. And what nobody on the whole production crew thought to tell him was that you can de-age somebody's face, but you can't de-age their body. De Niro walked like an old man. There is nothing that you can do to change that, as good of an actor as he is. And when I watched Tony Ferguson, I was watching an old man. And and whatever joy I might have gleaned out of this being the fight that they should have booked the first time around was taken away from me with, with that and the cherry on the top of that was 
uh, him saying, I'm back now after his fifth loss. I mean, this was, you know, it was glad to see, it was nice to see Nate go full Nate. These shoes suck, crapping all over the rocks, you know, shoe announcement. Uh, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with this company, which is, I just need to go do a few things, box and make $20 million, and then I'll be back. But, you know, I mean, all of it was pitch perfect, you know, up, up to and including the, the submission at 209. Uh, but the submission itself w- wasn't, uh, w- wasn't yeah, I mean, it was a fundamental guillotine, the way that you have to adjust. I, what I liked is that he adjusted for the gloves, because if you don't have the gloves, you just use a spear hand to get in and you don't have to make any major adjustment. But uh, as you can tell, my take on events was darker than uh, or, or maybe per usual than than everybody else's. I, I don't I don't know if there's a lot of cause for celebration. I'm glad to see Nate get out and I'm glad to see him get out in the way that he got out so he can make some real money versus what they had planned for him. And that is the key right there. But I still like that that adjustment for the submission. That was really, yep. really slick and very much black belt slickness there. I love yep. it. Or, or, you know, yeah, yeah, correct. Upper upper belt, because I, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're pretty much a black belt without having the title yet. You know? Yeah, yeah, two stripe brown belt for five years, yes. Exactly. So I, I feel that you're up there already. All right. John, thank you. I would love to hear from you, sir. I'm just thinking of Eugene's like Bluto, a seven year freshman. <laughs> <laughs> and I got pencils up my nose. Yeah. So but uh well, I will say I mean the the, the guillotine was set up partly because Ferguson, that was kind of a slow entry on his takedown. Mm-hmm. And it was it's a slow I don't know. I mean it's for a fight, let's focusing on the fight, not the stuff outside the cage for now, but just the fight. It was entertaining enough, but it was like a step below even when Liddell fought Vanderlei Silva, where it was past the time you really wanted to see him when they were the champs. You wanted to see him go against each other. They finally met, it was entertaining. But it wasn't what you wanted. And this was even a step beyond this because this is like you could see the age catching up. And I was satisfied thinking, thank God they didn't get Diaz versus Chemayev. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because but that would have been a that would have been a murder. I will say this. Nate said some interesting things. And I'm going to reference the first being that he trained exclusively for wrestling for this camp exclusively because he knew that was what was going to happen. And and Shemayev sort of proved him right with the way that he fought the much smaller Kevin Holland. My goodness, Shemayev is massive. How he ever makes 170 is a mystery to me because that is a huge guy. A weight bully for sure. I don't care what anyone says. He can be really good and still be a weight bully, a size bully, all in the same space. Okay. Yeah, but you you know what? That guy gets out of a second, out of a first, gets into a second round. He's a dead man. <laughs> Did you hear him huffing and puffing <laughs> post fact? <laughs> like, yeah, he had to get him out of there fast because he wasn't making it to a third round like that. He's like, oh, no, I just want to say, hey, he's up. You're hanging around with Darren Till too much to put in some road work. How about it? You know? <laughs> yeah, he'd be definite trouble against old school GSP or Rory McDonald and those guys that would, you know, that would that would be constantly working. Yeah, yeah. And, and not get thrown and not get thrown around by him. So I, I don't. I, I wonder if his days at welterweight are, are numbered too, because that was a massive miss. 
And I just don't, I mean, he might be good at middleweight, but I don't see him just blowing past people at middleweight. So, well, and I also have my spies there and they say that they, they saw him eating the day before and like, you know, dude, he, they don't think they had any, he had any intention of, of making way. Right. That's not what you do the day before. Or he knew he had no, he had no chance and just gave up. Yeah. Yeah. Minnie Khabib, she's a very reliable source. She's, she's been in the, the MMA community since she was 12 and I believe she's like 21 now. But who, who are we talking about? She's the one that posted the Who's video. Who's she? Mini the, the Shirley Temple Khabib fan. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. She's the one that actually put out the uh, the report with the photos and everything. She was the one that was there at the restaurant that observed him eating, uh, you know, for hours is what she said. With sparkling water. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. And if she put it out, you can guarantee what she's saying is truthful. She is one of those people in the community. She has a um she just says what she observes, things like that. Oh, that's but, nice. And my yeah. people were from Caesar's team, so that, well, yeah. you know, so, like, and, I, I don't know how reliable they are, but that's who I heard about. Um, exactly. But so we've got several reports here and probably reliable on from Caesar's side too, since it's kind of confirmed through many Khabib. But anyways, uh the other thing that Nate had said was that uh, one of the things that forced him to prepare for wrestling was that he's tired of getting cut up in his face, which obviously is telling me that he's quite serious about making this move over to boxing for the big payday against Jake Paul. But uh, it, it's very telling that he said that, that I wanted to make sure that I'm not cut up anymore. I'm tired of getting cut up. And so he he had plans of uh, just straight up wrestling. And then he says, you know, and then Tony, I get Tony 24 hours before the fight and Tony's known for cutting people up. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, guys, care to weigh in on either of those things? Well, I I think the plan, yeah, I, I think Diaz the the plan for the next step is Jake Paul. I mean, he honestly, I wonder if Diaz himself. He said he's not interested in Jake Paul. And Diaz has this weird mentality where he'll just, you know, he ha- he has to like his own honor co- code. But Diaz's team is definitely planning on a Jake Paul fight. Let's put it that way. They know the money's there, and as soon as they present the money to him, I'm sure he'll jump on board. So okay, all right. So is this aided? Is and does Anderson Silva aid in a bet that or not? Because it seems to me like if you got a shot, you walk on by Anderson Silva right oh, now and go straight I, to Nate Diaz. Anderson Silva could screw it up because I think I think there's a chance. I mean, Anderson Silva is 47, so there's a chance he just he fell off the cliff at some point recently because of his age. But there's I think there's a chance Anderson Silva starches Jake yes, Paul. Yes, I I feel that way too. And if, if that happens, then the Jake Paul uh, Nate Diaz fight might still go forward, but it's not the massive fight it could be. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, we are going to move down to the co-main event here. Hamza Chemaev. Wow. Just running him down, Kevin Holland. But you know what? Props to Kevin Holland for trying his damnedest, everything under the sun to defend. But boy, oh boy, Hamza is pretty destructive in in the first round, we'll say. Yeah. And also, you got to know that there was a it had to be a little something in the uh, in the extra in the envelope for uh, for dude for doing that, right? That this this was the company guy parade. I can't count how many uh, acceptance speeches 
uh, were uh, how great the company was, how great Dana is. Thank you, Dana. You changed my life. It was disgusting. I felt like I was in that Al- Al- Albania where that country, the guy built a statue that followed the sun, you know, a statue, gold statue of himself that followed the sun. I mean, it was a lot of crawling in my mind. But I guess, you know what? You do what you got to do to keep your job, maybe. John? Well, uh, for the fight itself, it was that was just a bad fight. And mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'm sure Kevin Holland got a big bump in pay. In fact, mm-hmm. I like that Dana White said, oh, no, none of their contracts changed, That's implying that none of them got paid anything extra. But we know that's false because several fighters have come out and said they got paid more. So my guess mm-hmm. is that's semantics. It's like, no, we, none of their contracts changed. But unsaid is the part that we all verbally agreed to hand them over a bunch of money to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, so the same contracts, but now here's some extra a verbal agreement that doesn't change anything because, you know, they don't want the other fighters to know that they have leverage when there's a fallout like this. But, uh, okay, I, I, sad as it is, too, Kevin Allen, I, I have mixed, I kind of like him, but I don't like his is uh you ufc is a uh, is company man yeah, yeah. And, that, yeah. and so part of me is like god he he doesn't really deserve the money for that performance against chamayev and the same i can't stand chamayev mostly you know i enjoy i actually enjoy watching beat the crap out of people but i can't stand him because he is you know he's a guy who escaped from chechnya and yet goes back and and call, uh cuddles up to kadirov an actual war criminal yeah, yeah well yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it's it's a pretty i so you know what f both of them that's a that's my opinion of that fight all right yeah I, yeah i was wondering i the, the the heel turn thing i was wondering how that played to their benefit right i guess they figured that that uh hamsat was not gonna that he comfortably fit that position anyway so that that, that was okay but it seems like it seems like a miscalculation on their part really you know um they, you don't want 15,000 people booing your guy if you're trying to build some sort of promotion on the guy but whatever you know yeah then we get to the the robbery of of the year <laughs> um, unbelievable I, I can't man oh man oh man and i don't say this just as a, a leijing leong fan i'm saying this as someone with a pair of eyes and you all know that even if i pick someone and they lose i'm the first one to say you know what he lost i i yep. see it this way or this way you can go through my timeline and you can see this consistently for me but you know what when i see a fighter that wins whether i picked them or not and they get screwed by the judges i'm also going to point it out and i'm sorry daniel rodriguez did not win that fight he won round three and that is it yeah yeah i agree yeah yeah it was ridiculous they they switched the pride rules for that fight yeah 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 i don't know what they were thinking clearly the leeches rounds yeah yeah so what, what happened what do you mean? What happened? <laughs> well, you know me and my conspiracy. What do you think happened behind that curtain that made people, or is it just that you know Sal D'Amato was looking, you know, was watching something else? Or I mean, I'm trying to Doug think. Kibono, right? Who benefit? Who benefits here? Well, Doug Crosby was. <laughs> yeah. How about oh, that? Okay, that's all you had to say. Yep, Doug Crosby, and it sucks because. You know, Lee was the biggest loser here of all of them because he had to fight a guy much, much bigger than him, way, way bigger. At least Kevin Holland was already scheduled to fight, um, uh, what's his face, at Catchweight, I believe, right? They were set to, to 
go at 180, him yeah, and yeah. Daniel Rodriguez. So Daniel Rodriguez was already coming in much, much bigger. I can't even imagine what he weighed going in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, was, he was pretty massive. And Lee, being the absolute boss that he is, took the fight anyways. I doubt that he made a huge bump. I'm sure he got a bump, but I doubt he made like massive bump, like probably what Kevin Holland got for, for fighting the monster on the card in Hamza Chmaev. Or Tony Ferguson getting now probably maybe negotiated a little bit of pay-per-view points for himself, finally. You never know. But the point I'm making here is that Lee was at the biggest disadvantage of all of the top six guys that had their, their fights jumbled up like musical chairs. Yeah. The leech was at the biggest disadvantage. And he won. Oh my God, he won and he got screwed. It shouldn't have even, oh my goodness, shouldn't have even been a split. It should have been yeah. a unanimous decision for for the leech. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Has 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 the Baldwin said anything about this? He said he that just... he thought that uh, that the leech won. How about that? Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Um, John. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I feel bad for him because it, uh, the other fighters had some leverage. They you can't hold the event without Nate Diaz. You can't hold the event without an opponent for Nate Diaz. You can't switch the the fights without the co-main guys agreeing to switch, you know, the without uh, Kevin Holland taking on uh uh Ch- 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 I mean that's the big fights that are going to this they're not going to get the ESPN deal without those fights, you know, the paper the guarantee money for the pay-per-view. They have, mm. they're going to have to refund tick a lot of tickets that people won't show up. So they had the leverage. So they all got big pay bumps. I'm sure he got, you know, he probably got like, okay, I will guarantee you, you get your win bonus or something like that. You know, like a some sort of, you got some sort of bar, you know, here's a $50,000 discretionary bonus, something, but he has no leverage. So, and, and he spent all this money for this training camp and needs the fight now. Mm-hmm. And so he's at a, he's got to switch opponents at the last second against a bigger guy. Uh, it's just, you know, and then you win. So it's, I feel bad. For, I mean, but I also, I feel bad for Rodriguez. They had to switch opponents the last second. But he got the bigger advantage. His opponent switch was much more to his advantage, and, and especially yeah. because oh, he yeah. was so huge. But then he gets beat. Oh, man, I'm just so – that was very, very upsetting. But anyways, we must move on. We got to talk about Irina Aldana absolutely just working Macy Chazon over with that – No, 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 no. Okay. And, the, and, yes, yes. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, Eugene. Just hold on. But we must go back to, in the beginning there, Irina Aldana had her in a submission, and Macy, it looked like she tapped. And when you go back and you look at the replay, I challenge you all to look at that and tell me she did not tap. As a matter of fact, referee Jason Herzog went back and looked and said he can absolutely see why uh, why people are saying it. So for him to say that after viewing the slowed down footage, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe uh, Irina Aldana beat her twice in one fight. Eugene. Um, you know what? I, I was I was OK with the whole Aldana thing until the very moment where uh, uh, whoever it was, Hogan, I imagine, said uh, Said, uh, hey, uh, did you is that something that you practice? And she copped to, yeah, yeah, that's something we have been practicing. Say, like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I, it, 
who are you talking to? Yeah, yeah, you know, so you practice wildly flailing up kicks from the back, from the bottom. Wildly flailing up kicks that happened. There's nothing wrong to say, I was scrambling, I got lucky. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. You know, don't try to, oh, it's it's raining. Oh, no, it's urine. I got, I'm confusing rain and urine. No, come on. So she had me, and then she lost me. So she didn't need a ticket from the uh, Fader camp where it's like, when you say it, say it with such conviction. I, we trained from dropping on our head from great heights. That you go, oh, oh, geez, that's some crazy <laughs> Russian technique. There. Uh, right. right, come on, come on. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was hoping that Macy would uh, would pull it off and uh, you know and at first I thought you know pull this off say that you got hit in the crotch but then of course they slowed the video down and then the, you know then it's all over Macy is a big girl and clearly struggling a bit with her weight so hmm I don't know what we do here but anyways John what did you think of the fight it was entertaining. It was probably actually one of the better fights in the main card. Yes, uh, as a as an entertainment factor. I just like the memes afterwards of posting, you know, um, uh, Overeem pretending that's her <laughs> because you know she tapped and she felt it. Oh, there's the post fight interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eugene doesn't find that humorous. All right. <laughs> so we are going to move on to two gigs that probably became full on gigas. That is mm-hmm. Johnny Walker and Iwan Kutalaba. My goodness. Eugene, I'm going to start here over here because, you know, you, we've all been a fan of both guys. Love them or hate them. They just, they, they're always in these wild fights that you never know what's going to be the outcome. And here we have another one. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then there's all this, I mean, there's a, there was a lot of uh, trying to, uh, redemption somebody was quoting bob marley at me this morning i was like yeah redemption so there's a lot of a lot of that and the guys doing the worm and everybody i i just wanted to i wanted to recall the line from uh reservoir dogs uh, uh let's not start sucking each other off so soon here right <laughs> this is like you this is what you won was not what was that what was that great line from the Italian fascist? Keeping you is no gain, losing you is no loss. You know, I don't think anybody comes out of this one a winner, you know. I mean Kudalaba showed us he was exactly who he is, who he's been. We were trying to deny he was over the course of time, despite the the, the whole game. He's a savage. He's he comes to it with complete violence, that but that but that. And Walker is by no means back by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, I think his head is gone, but this was a good win. We put him in the right place. We'll see if that carries on through. There are no easy fights in his future, so I guess let him enjoy this moment. But I was, I was, I was underwhelmed by the uh, by the entire event and sort of, you know. When a guy gets tapped, and I'm at jujitsu right now, when a guy gets tapped with like 13 seconds left, typically I'll say to him, "How does that feel to know that you had 13 seconds left on the clock and you and you, and, you, and you gave?" I myself, I would rather get if I see it's 13 seconds left, 
I would rather get blacked out. I'm not tapping at 13 seconds. It was I actually 23 seconds, Eugene. I'm not tapping at 23. <laughs> I, I'm going for the I'm going for the ride. Where they raise my legs above my head and hope that I don't embarrass myself too badly down below with the bowels. I'm not doing it. But whatever. You know, I'm not Kudala, but maybe it was really tight. Who knows? Disappointing. John, John what did you think? Uh, I, as you know, going in, I didn't care about this fight. And I was watching it. He had back control. And this is how much I cared about it. I, can't, I had some. I think I had to put the dishes away to start the dish. I got up and missed the sub. That's that was that's how much I thought of this fight going in, and I just didn't. I had even though it was entertaining enough, I just didn't care. It's all right. Well, you did care about Hakeem Dawadu and Julian Arosa, and my goodness, I don't know what happened to Hakeem Dawadu. <laughs> I but shouldn't have Julian cared about that one. Arosa beat him up and down. Okay, oh. he beat him all around. This man got beat up. So what happened there, John? We don't we don't need to, to go over this one. We don't why why you know. <laughs> well, I think- I, we can move on. No, I don't know what I was not ready for that. Uh, Knuckles Freeman was a kind I agree with him. Who who thought Arosa would be this good suddenly? Yeah. Well you, you but, but you know what I you know what I think that what starts to happen is that they start, they have these young Turks who they're going to, oh, they're taking the world by storm. And you can just tell the difference in the packages they put together. And dude decides, you know what? He's like a counterpuncher. He's like, I'm going to crap right in the middle of their, of their, of their, their hype cake. I'm going to destroy it. I do not care. And I think that's what it rose. It was like, come on. How you see how many fights I've had? You think you, you, you think you just walk, you can just stunt all over me because this guy has got some promise of tomorrow and fights for less than I do. Forget about it. I'm killing him. And, well, I would have if, if I would have known Michael, I was at Michael Scott, the guy on Twitter told us he's Canadian. Do if I would have known that, I wouldn't have picked him. That was oh a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will say this. This is Julian Erosa's third stint in the UFC. He's been booted two times before. <laughs> And he's he's the perfect example of a guy that goes out, racks up a bunch of experience outside. Yeah, it's taken him to round three before he's finally got his feet solidly under him. But he's still young enough where now that he's good, he might actually be able to make an honest run. You never know. But he's got very, very good um under the radar and he's just 33 he just turned 33 too about a month ago so he's got plenty of time that's his third win in a row charles joy he's got a good win over charles jordan with a darce choke just last year a good win over steven peterson here he's got this absolute beating over hakim dawadu man he's looking good really good before that, he's had one loss, but three wins before that. Sean Woodson, one of them. Nate Landwehr, one of them. You hit it right on the head, John. He got really good, really fast. Yeah, he's now a care for me. He's kind of, mm-hmm. he's kind of like the uh, Kurt Warner of the current UFC. Yeah, I, I like that comparison. Yes, indeed. Uh, mostly because I don't know anything about football, but I know what that means. Now, we are going to talk about somebody here that we almost dis- we're going to care about. We need to put this guy on our permanent care list. Jailton Almeida is a badass. Eugene, let's, yeah. let's talk about yeah, this yeah, guy because yeah, yeah, we yeah, were yeah. all going to do this and we were like, eh, we don't know the other guy. You know what? This guy is going to be a care no matter who he fights. Um. Yeah, I I really enjoyed watching his 
setup, his jujitsu was really nice. But there's always a question with a guy who's that heavily, you know, eh, who, who's that heavily represented in the jujitsu category, and I, about his stand-up. But everybody says it's solid, but I haven't seen it yet. But he, you're you're correct in that. Uh, I at permanent care at this point now. John Nash. I I was doing MMA reporter stuff during this. Unfortunately, I wanted to. Sub, I was oh, distracted by actual. Oh. You know, Oh, oh. Yeah, I, I fell asleep. I was drunk. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, there was, yeah, I was getting a lot of yeah, stupid, sure. Yeah, okay. I was getting a lot of phone calls, and I had to get back, and I thought this would be the good one to get back on, and now I realize I should have watched it. Who the hell is calling you? You, you know, they're, they're, we had an event yesterday, a lot going on. People had questions. <laughs> I had questions for them, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, you do do your due diligence. We all do know that. So let's talk about... Chris Barnett defeating Jake Collier. Love to see that, especially with, you know, everything he's gone through this year. He's he's had a rough run, and it's nice to see him get the win. But I got to call the UFC out again. He ended up with a really bad nasal fracture. Everybody thought that he had a stroke because he yes. breathed out of his very, very broken nose. <laughs> and so he was, his mouth was hanging off to one side, blah, 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 whatever. But the point is he didn't have a stroke, but he gets to the hospital. He has to put, he puts out a video. Hey, can somebody give me a ride back? Anybody, please, somebody send me a ride. And I am just blown away that he wasn't arranged a ride. How are you a billion, a multi-billion dollar company, and you cannot arrange a ride back for one of your your guys that... Well, I think you just said it. (laughs) How do you get to be a multi-billion dollar company? Not arranging rides for guys. That's how, right? Man, that's so sad. Yeah, I wish you hadn't told me that. John. I wasn't supposed to pick him up, so don't blame me. Oh man, you got to feel for the guy though. Seriously. Oh, you do. I I thought. I mean, I, there were people on when during the fight was going on. People thought his jaw was broken because the way his, his mouth was open. So yeah. bizarre. you know, there was just all he just actually. I thought the ref also kind of did, and Jake Collier probably could have won that in the first round. But I'm I'm happy for Barnett. We got to see some dancing. We got yes. to see some moves. We got to see a, a, a terrible backflip that he does that I love. Yeah, but you know what? The, the speech just ruined it for me. The oh, I know. I have the audio off, so I never hear. Uh, okay, I, I would have been better off turning the audio off. It was just so. What was that thing from the young ones? Crawly bumlick. I just, you know, data. You are, you know, Sally Field. You like me. You really like me. I just, I just, I did nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. Bro, you you need to get your self esteem thing got it cooking here, man. You nothing with, I, I don't know. My, I, I'm just in a different planet uh, in that regard. He's so. had a rough time though. Just a month. Ago, yeah. What what, what are you referencing? Because I I missed that. Okay, his fiance died a month ago, literally days days out from his fight. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, how did she die? She or he a, or whatever. She got a massive brain tumor really fast. She died oh. so quick. 
He didn't oh. have very much no, advance notice at all. And their little story, their love story, it played out over social media for everybody. They were so cute. I mean, we oh. all got to all watch right. it on Instagram. So I feel bad for him. And he's probably very emotional in that he won. He's um, they they said that yes, okay. even though he missed weight, Dana said he was going to take care of him anyways. So, and he only missed by one All freaking right. pound. So, anyways, yeah, that's yeah. that's Chris's story. So, give him a little slap. Oh, so that. so now now I look like the ass. Okay, uh, well, I All explained right. this so to you yes. last week, Eugene, and you completely forgotten from from last oh, week to now. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, hey, which of us is sixty? Huh? And that's uh, that's where I'm hiding but behind. You're, you I'm, can't hide behind that. You're an extremely sharp sixty, more like a forty. Okay. Huh? Don't. What? Yeah, lie. Where am where where am I? <laughs> where are my pants? All right. So All we right. got to move on here. Norma Dumont. We have to talk about this because John cared. She did win and she did dominate, but Norma Dumont could not finish a sandwich. I mean, Danielle Wolf was just. She was in a package with a bow on top and Norma still couldn't get her finished, but I'll give her her props. She did dominate, but Danielle Wolf at the same time looked like absolute trash in there. I can't believe this is a uh, former champion boxer. Well, I think she, I think she was trying to send a message. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, like it, it just seemed, it seemed weirdly personal to me to be, to be, to have jujitsu skills to be mounted on top of somebody and, and then just to say, I'm going to spend the last 43 seconds just raining elbows down mercilessly. It seemed to be a, a level of, of, of personal weirdness happening there. John? I just, I mean, I don't know why they had this one and all fighter had to get into the UFC. I, I'm wondering if they signed her after when she's on the contenders and they're like, they owed her the fight and she, she now calls that I want it. Or they said, you know, instead of paying her her money off, for the contract, let's just give her the fight so we can cut her if she loses. Hmm. Because otherwise, you got to pay, you know, like five fights or whatever of the entire hmm. contract. So, hmm. well, she I, is a, a former um, boxing champion. So, yeah, but yeah, but the, you could tell it was yeah. boxing because he's on the ground. I just, I picked this fight. I was like, oh, I'm kind of intrigued to see how what this is. So I started watching it, and it, like you know, Knuckles Freeman was talking about she couldn't finish. I, I honestly, the third round, I got so bored with her and Top, unable to do anything. The finisher, I go, I, I'm done watching this fight. <laughs> well, you now we have a possible contender for Amanda Nunes at 145. And Eugene's got to love this because he loves when a fight like this presents itself. Because here's Norma Dumont in a division that's so small. She gets to be the number one contender. And here's Amanda Nunes, so dominant that Eugene would look at this and say, Amanda would be an absolute dummy to not take that fight, to not absolutely um, lobby for that fight, because it's so damn easy for her to make a half a million dollars like that. Yeah, I wonder. But this is where Eugene's conspiracy verse goes off, because he's going to be convinced that they're going to pick Dumont to win because the odds are so greatly in Nunes' favor. Yeah, maybe. But then there's also this thing like, you know, I I have a a, a hate-hate relationship with Switzerland, right? Uh, And Switzerland always manages to lure whatever musical project I'm involved with because they pay lots of money. 
So you're like, ah, damn it. And however, the Swiss audiences never change. So you're stuck. You know, you know, it. like Lucy and Charlie Brown, the football, you know, it's going to be bad. And you, you, but you just do it anyway. And I kind of wonder if Amanda Nunes is really beyond that. Like, you know, I, I would rather like go not go take less money to go to a cool place like Istanbul because I've never been there. It might be fun. It might be the audiences could be different than just to go to Switzerland again. So the the corollary here is does Amanda Nunes really want to go to Switzerland again? Right. Does she? OK, half a million dollars. That's great. To fight a fight that fundamentally I mean, I think fighters are sort of sensation addicts to a certain degree. And I think that's why Johnny Boney Joni went to heavyweight. He's just bored. Clearly, his life seems to indicate that he was bored at light heavyweight, right? This is like, yeah, they were close matches, but that was because he was bored and not, you know, just on the edge of doing something else. He didn't want to be there. And Amanda Nunes has given, made noises about largely being in that same headspace. Like, yeah, you know, I got the kid, you know, I got my family, I got my, now my gym and I, eh. so I don't know. Does she fight her just because she wants some money? Is that really where she is at this point? Sure. I don't know. She should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I, my drummer always says, "How do? How come you haven't learned? It's never enough." So exactly, right. and that's something that you've always, you know, preached that these fighters should be doing: get the bag while you can. Yeah, yeah you should maybe. be so happy right now. No, like, look, my ex-wife at one point, I was like, said, "Oh, forty mil." She goes, "You know, forty mil is not enough to retire on in Silicon Valley." I was like, huh, "What? Let me tell you something. If I get my hands on forty mil." I'm retiring. You keep working. And she was like, well, no, I'd be retiring too. But I'm just saying, you know, it's 40 mil is not as much as you think. So maybe 40, maybe yeah, 40, 40 mil is a lot, but it's, it's the name of the, it's professional fighting. Yes. Professional fighters. They're not, they're not amateur. They're not uh, charity fighters. It's professional uh, it's uh, prize fighting. It's yeah. fighting for yeah, a prize. Yeah. So. so you think she gets out of bed for half a mil? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Mm. Especially if it's an easy fight like this, a very easy way for her to get a half a million dollars plus points quickly. Yeah. And the yeah, smart yeah, thing yeah. is that fight alone can't sell. So you're like, oh, we need to put that on a card with mm-hmm. a much stronger main event. Exactly. And as the co-main. So I can points. cash in on the that that big fights pay-per-views. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's All the right, way right. to do it too. So right. Eugene, you should be totally thrilled with that. Okay, I'm happy. It doesn't take much. (laughs) Okay, so we are going to get to UFC Fight Night, Sandhagen versus Song. Very, very, very good main event. However, in old Fight Nights, we would have something probably with a little bit more name value, and this would be the co-main, but we are in this decade, and I'm telling you, this is what we've, we've come to expect it's a very good fight. Again, I, I'm really thrilled with this this main event. But the rest of the card, the, I, you know, it's hit or miss. There's 14 fights here. Eugene, get us get us started off with your thing. Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy breadgobs, workshy individuals, fault finders, malingerers. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter, you bedwetters, and more to do with the market afterweight put behind you by the overlords of the now no longer failed IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the Oopsie. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us, bedwetters. All right. So, as always, we're working from the topology quick sheet from the bottom up. Bout order is subject to change. First one, Loma Lukbunmi 
It's taking on Denise Gomez at strawweight. Very, very good curtain jerker here. However, I'm not overly familiar with Denise Gomez, so I'm going to yep. take a flyer. Yep, same. This is not my, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm tempted to take a video of me watching the fights so that people have to know what, you know, I got the kid in the one hand. I got the, I'm got the kid feeding the cat. I like a million things as I try to look at the phone. I can't do it this early for this. No way. Sorry. Out. John. Yeah. I'm normally, I like Loma Luke Boon, yep. but uh, it, she's off a loss. It's way too early in the card. It's not relevant. So no, yep. I'll skip it. All yep. right. Next up at Bantamweight, we have Tony Gravely taking on Javid Bashrat. I don't care. It's, it's not relevant enough for me, and it's quite low on the card. It'll probably be entertaining. I'll probably watch at some point, um, maybe even live. However, it's, it's not enough for me right now. Nope. John? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm intrigued, but no, not not nearly enough to get me to... The tune it. All right. Next up at Bantam Weight, ladies Bantam Weight, Aspen Lad taking on Sarah McMahon. Uh technically relevant, but I don't care. I'm not interested in it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I, I mean I might pick Aspen Lad, but I, I just Sarah I, I don't yeah, you're right. I I'm not sorry. Yeah, they're they're both out of title contention. You need a couple wins, you know. Yeah. All right, next up, very, very interesting ladies flyweight bout, Mariah Agapova taking on Jillian Anderson. Uh, Agapova is wildly <laughs> athletic, but I'm going to emphasize the wild because she is, man, she's a little bit crazy, okay? Um, so, yikes, I don't even know what, this is going to be so interesting. Hmm. I, you know what? No, I care. I care. Uh, I do. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm I am. Gonna. I, I'm gonna take Agapova. It's it's interesting to me, and it's in a division where that it's probably relevant too. Um, so I, I thought you were gonna go down that road. She's a little bit country. She's a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> She's a little bit crazy. <laughs> She's a little bit psycho. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't care. Sorry. John? Mostly, mostly having been burned by Sarah McMahon, so that's. I'm mostly curious if you were if that was intentional that you said called her Jillian Anderson as a pun, or you just you just forgot oh, and sorry, her name. Jillian Robertson. I'm so okay. used to yeah. saying Jillian yeah. Anderson, but Eugene, she Mariah Agapova is not taking on Sarah McMahon. Aspen Ladd is taking on Sarah McMahon. Mariah Agapova is fighting Jillian Robertson. Yeah, I don't, I don't care okay. in any case. John, do you? I don't think much of Robertson, tell you the truth. Okay. So, no. All right. Well, I'm going to care. I'm going to take Agapova. Um, next up at middleweight, Anthony Hernandez versus Mark Andre Barrio. Don't care. Yeah, I'm not caring. It's it, their fight. Their fights. It's content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up at featherweight. This is a good one here. Pat Sabatini versus Damon Jackson. Damon Jackson is a care for me. The dude can grapple. Yeah, I am yeah. taking Damon Jackson. Who's he fighting again? He is fighting Pat Sabatini. So let's take a look at this uh, right now. Pat Sabatini right now is 17-3. and three, And he is taking on Damon Jackson. 
who is uh, 21-4-1. and one. Damon Jackson is coming on a three. He's got a three-fight win streak going on. Yeah, and yeah. Pat Sabatini, my God, two, four. So he's on a six-fight win streak. He's man. You know what? I'm gonna. T- I take that back. I think I'm gonna take Sabatini here. Oh dang it! I was hoping you wouldn't look into the records because yeah, Sabatini's been on t- fire in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a Jackson guy, but I, I don't think he gets by Sabatini in this one. All right, so let's go ahead, and we are all in agreement. Pat Sabatini is probably going to get this one, but this is going to be a good fight. Damon Jackson's a very good grappler. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up on the list, we have Trevin Giles taking on Louise Cochet, and I don't care. Not as It's not relevant enough for me. Yeah, I, 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 by the way. So. They're, they're, I, not to be mean to these guys, it's not relevant, and these are not very good UFC fighters. So, right. so next up, we have Nicholas Mota taking on Cameron Van Camp. Now, Nicholas Mota came into the UFC with quite a bit of hype, and uh, he was set to meet Jim Miller. And you know, Jim Miller is the welcoming wagon now for these really high level prospects, and. That's Nicholas Malta came in with so much hype and got absolutely slapped by Jim Miller. So now this he's uh, facing Cameron Van Camp. Let's see what Cameron Van Camp looks like. He is coming off the loss to Andre Fialo. So yeah, he got slapped by him, didn't he? Just yes, a few months ago. Yes, he did. So I am not caring about this. It's not relevant enough for me. Yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, this is, I'm, again, I don't want to, listen, the guys can beat the crap out of me. That ain't saying much, but this is, this should be a dark match. This is not something in, you, you're really trying to entice fans to watch. All right. So next up, another lightweight fight. Troy Ogden taking on Daniel Zaluher, or Zaluber, excuse me. And I don't care. It's not relevant enough. And yep. it's, to me, it's filler. Yep. it's the same i mean it's just it's not yeah it's it's not we people you know what go out and enjoy the weather the last before the winter sets in Uh yeah yeah for sure um this next fight is at 145 i should probably care about it but i don't because andre feely has been such a mixed bag. He always has been, but it seems like he's really falling off a little bit now. He's taking on Bill Aljeo, and you know, I can't. I'll watch this. I will, but I can't recommend it. Mm. Gents, no. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's a, to me, this is decent prelim material, though. This is like okay, these guys are still something to keep track of. But yeah, I don't think it's relevant enough. I mean, honestly, I probably won't watch the whole card because Canelo's fighting next week, isn't he? Thank you. Triple G and Canelo part three. That is exactly what I'll be doing. Mm. (laughs) I ain't even going to (laughs) lie. But anyways, uh, I just feel like this is some good undercard fight. Exactly. Main card fight. Are you kidding me? So that is the main card opener. So then we get to Alan Amandovsky taking on Joseph Pfeiffer. I I mean, this is a middleweight belt. I don't I don't understand this belt order at all. I would have put um the the Feely fight a little higher up. I mean, I could actually man, I don't know. I'm just 
I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care about this fight. Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't care. Yeah, I again I I these are these do not strike me. I don't even know is Alan Amadas he had a UFC fight, didn't he? Didn't we watch yes. that guy lose? Or yes. am I thinking of someone? Is this his first no, uh, lose a couple he, times, right? He's lost all three of his UFC fights. He's <laughs> okay. So I, I'm just I knew not to rag on him, but man, I this is some bad bad content right now. I mean, let's but, see here. Let's see what Joseph Pfeiffer looks like. Um, he's coming off two wins, but uh, there it's like one of them is contender series, and the other one is CFFC. But he's got a loss to Dustin Stoltzfus and Contender Series. So, I mean, this is just, I don't even know what is going on with this card. I hate it. But anyways, we are going to move on. Third fight from the top. Tanner Bozer taking on Rodrigo Nascimento. Um, yeah. Tanner Bozer. Heavyweight. Uh, this is a heavyweight bout. Uh, Rodrigo is 8-1. and one. Tanner Bozer is 28 and one. That's 28 and one. So it's heavyweight. I don't care. How about that? I, I just, when you say Tanner Bozer, I'm like, that comes close to being a dark star. And he's not really, he's not really been there long enough to be dark star. Like I didn't go, oh yeah, whatever happened to that guy. Um, but I don't care. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, I feel you there. He was he had here's the problem. He fought um, last year against Ovin Saint Prue in June, and he won. And then he had a canceled bout with Sergey Pavlovich. The first time he was booked to face Rodrigo Nascimento, it was canceled. And then he was supposed to fight Alexander Romanov, and that was canceled. So we have all these cancel bouts. Poor guy. So now he finally gets this one. Fingers crossed he gets to actually fight and get a paycheck. But I don't care about it. You know, yeah. good on you for yeah. getting a check if you can actually um, get to this fight and it happens. But I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, John? It's it, like you said before, it's heavyweight. It's mm. it's not even close to being relevant at heavyweight. All right. We get to the co-main event. I do care about this because Chidi and Jukawani is looking like a world beater right now. I love that guy. And the guy he's fighting, Gregory Rodriguez, this guy is also looking really good. So this is a banger of a fight. It is probably uh, getting ready to be relevant. It's on the cusp of relevancy. I think these guys are right inside the top 15 or maybe just outside of it, but both are definitely in the top 20, I would think. Um, it's a banger. I don't even know who to pick here. I'm sort of leaning Rodriguez, but man, Chitty, you never know. Oof. Didn't uh, didn't Rodriguez lose his last fight against Armin Petrosian? No, he he fought Julian Marquez and beat him. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, in between. Yeah, he, yeah, knocked, since him, then. he knocked out um, Julian. And then we have Chitty, who is, man, he's on a four-fight streak. He just knocked out Dusko Todorovic. He, okay, here is why I'm going to take Chidi right here. Because Mark andre Barrio is notoriously iron-jawed. He's hard to put away, extremely. <clears throat> and Chidi knocked him out. So I am taking Chidi based on that. Yep, Chidi and Jukawani for me. 
Yeah, it's not it's not relevant enough. I mean, this is a decent. This is actually this is a solid UFC fight, which you, we, we kind of expect from the UFC. And it's their co-main. It's the best fight besides the main, probably in this card. Yeah. So that's not saying a lot. So, but yeah, it's 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 worth watching, but it's not relevant enough for me to care. But it is though. These guys uh, are inside the top twenty. Top. T- t- yeah. Are they top twenty-five? I don't know. That bite matrix. I don't remember them being in the top twenty-five. Go look. I have to. Okay, you go, Eugene, and I'm gonna look up bite matrix middleweight really quick. I don't. I find myself not really caring. What you like? What in the world? You've always liked Chitty and Jaguani. Yeah, I have. I have. But and he's yeah. been knocking people out. He's on a four-fight win streak. What is wrong here? Well, what's wrong is that we've got a new. We're like into a 14-fight card. I care about one fight so far, and so it's like this is it's the like, main event. This what? This is the co-main event. There's only one yeah, fight left. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But this okay. is the banger. Gonna, this is the I, like the second gonna, most banging co- fight on the entire card. I'm going to interrupt for a second. Fight Matrix. According to Fight Matrix, Chidi is the 35th ranked middleweight, oh, wow. and uh, Rodriguez is the 40th ranked middleweight. See, I don't believe that. I don't see that's uh, I'm just just pointing that I out. I don't believe so, that. But anyways, yeah. I'm still gonna care because part of our ethos is fight an exciting fight, and both of these guys. Right, are- right, right, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I am uh, taking. It. I'm taking and it doesn't it doesn't kill me to tune in this late. It's not like I've subjugated the family to my endless watching at this point. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, I like cheating. All right. There we go. See. And John, you can do that too. I mean, you can break your rule for a really I, I, banging but I, fight. I, I think part of it is just the event is so bad. I don't. It hasn't got me. I, yeah, if it was on a I'm better saying. event, I might have been excited for it. But I'm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know for a fact I'll be tuned into boxing. So I'll, right. I'll probably check out the Sanhagen you know, song fight later on replay. But that's. I can't imagine me going out unless people say this fight's amazing. I'm not going to go out of my way. I don't think. All right. Well, we are at the main event. We've got Sandhagen versus Song Yadong. I love this fight. This is anybody's fight, too. Song Yadong looks like a killer lately, and Sandhagen's been struggling a little bit. Um, he's on back-to-back losses, but no shame in those losses. TJ Dillashaw, Piotr Jan. Uh, we've got Song Yadong. He has taken a loss recently. My goodness, his last fight was a loss to uh, Jacob Rodriguez. But, haha, it was a grappling match. But his UFC record is he is on a three-fight win streak. Um, he absolutely wrecked Marlon Moraes with that uppercut. Wrecked Julio Arce. He just destroyed him with punches. Destroy Casey Kenny. <laughs> well, actually, he didn't destroy Casey Kenny, but I like to say that he did because I'm a I'm a fan of Song Yadong and I'm not a fan of Casey Kenny. But yes, he won a split decision over Casey Kenny. I like Song Yadong and I like that he is showing his power in his last couple fights. I'm I'm gonna take him here. I think that uh, he he can do what it takes to get past Corey Sandhagen. So there we go. I find myself not able to trust Corey, Corey at this point, at this juncture in time. Truth. So that's two for song. John, Nash. I got I got to go with Sion Hagen. I, I mean, I kind of want song to win, but Corey lost to the very top of the division. The very, very, very top. I don't, I, he's kind of proven himself as, you know, he's, he's beat the same people song and some other guy that just has a longer track record. I got to stick with him. 
He's All proven right. himself at the top more. Okay, you take him. So here are the picks. I am taking Mariah Agapova, Pat Sabatini, Chidi and Jokowani, and Song Yadong. John Nash is taking Pat Sabatini and Corey Sandhagen. Eugene is taking Pat Sabatini, Chidi and Jokowani, and Song Yadong. So, Eugene, I'm going to start with you because something amazing is happening this week. The premiere of the new season of Metal Evolution this coming Thursday. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I, I got three of these things I'm supposed to watch. I'm a little bit behind. Uh, okay. No, Good. This, is, th- this is me editing some of the ones you've already done. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, new it's, season. It's, I've I've already been working on it. So the new nice. season drops this Thursday. So definitely, definitely tune into that, y'all. But anyway, Eugene, <laughs> tell us the what third else you forgot that you have. <laughs> you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep track of stuff that needs doing, you know. <laughs> well, tell us what else you have going on that you might have forgotten. Uh, well, I, I, uh, I, uh, I've had to. Oh man, who? Uh, somebody knifed me in the back, and a really vibrant, uh, exciting stand-up comic who I like, uh, but I find notoriously unreliable, and proved it once again in regards to the live five. So, um, um, so they, he, I, yeah, I can, he's not going to be my thing next week, but I have somebody else who's super exciting, uh, postmodern rock arena. Uh, so I'm not going to tip my hand beyond that since I got scooped by a guy who listens to your show before and also has his own blog and knife me in the back by running my Vernon Reed piece the same day I read his Vernon Reed piece the same day, but you'll be excited about my pick for, so follow me on Twitter. I'll tweet it out next week. I'm not going to tilt my hand as to who it is, but it's a great, it's a great interview for the live five. There's a show stomper and there's my tribute to nine 11 that will make everybody angry on the sub stack. Uh, and, uh, uh, cause I've kind of had it with, yeah, and I lost people in the building, but I've kind of had it with 9-11. And that's the week. If I can make it to the end of it, I'll be a happy man. John Nash. Had it with 9-11? Okay. Had it. Okay, okay. It's my parents' anniversary. Don't be knocking it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That's some happy anniversary. I, I will. I will. They'll appreciate that. Uh, I don't know what I got. I'm really busy at my regular job, so I've been, I haven't been right. Much. Your regular job. Yeah, well, you, no one's going to recycle those bottles without me. So, you know, <laughs> my part for the environment. So, but uh, yeah, I, I got, we might do another show money maybe next week. I got, uh, there's some talks, some other types of podcast things, maybe. Mm. And I should get some articles or something out, but I probably won't. I don't want to promise. I got a bunch of stuff I'd like to write right now, but you know, I got, you know, things. I'm lazy, people. <laughs> You're telling us. I'm so lazy. I don't even have the energy to call Eugene to harass him. <laughs> you better call that he texts me i don't yeah but i don't even finish my test i just it's just it's just one word insults yeah no, and, and, and penis pictures oh no well, those are you know those are oh, those, were, those right. were those were requests let's be honest oh my goodness and on that note on that note we are gonna wrap the show oh, oh, oh now now we're gonna end it okay now we've got to end it so until next time please stay safe
Thank you for listening to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivisection, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, exclusive fighter interviews, show money, guest podcasts, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and on bloodyelbow.com.